Everyone, remain calm. Yeah, ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. And later there's running and screaming. Somebody talk to me, what is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. You're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. You want to consult here or in my bungalow? <laughs> Hold on to your butt. Well, we're back. Hello and welcome to the 70th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In this episode, we've got some cool news to review, followed by a great chat with Jurassic World actor James Dumont, where we talk all about his work in Jurassic World, his film in theaters, Deepwater Horizon, and much more. After that, we'll wrap up the episode with some great audio from The Graham Norton Show, featuring Sam Neill. Stay tuned to the outro of the show for an introduction to our poll segment for next week's episode. This is a packed episode, so let's get it started off with a bit of Jurassic news from around the world. 18 minutes and your company catches up on 10 years of research. Access me, program. Access me, security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head been right all the time. But today, I guarantee it. Dippy the Diplodocus is leaving London's Natural History Museum in early 2017, but before the dinosaur leaves the museum, visitors will have the chance to celebrate with a viewing of Jurassic Park on December 13th. It looks like an extraordinary experience being put on by Rooftop Film Club and Time Out. The event has already sold out, uh, so sorry to get your hopes up there, but hopefully some of you listening will be attending the event and will report back. I'll include a link to the event in any case for you to check out. The recent LEGO Jurassic World The Indominus Escape was released last week in daily installments culminating in the full 24 minute short. But midweek it kind of shocked everybody to see that it was uploaded early via Netflix. The full short was available on Netflix streaming and I gotta say I was thoroughly impressed. If you haven't seen it yet we have all five parts available on our website but like I said you can head straight to Netflix and watch the whole thing. Stay tuned to the next episode where we'll have a full review of the LEGO short. It's really going to be a blast to talk about for sure. Google's Art and Culture app is giving you access to 150 living, breathing dinosaurs with a little bit of help from Google Cardboard. If you have a Google Cardboard, which is uh, a very cheap alternative in the VR market, you can throw in your phone and take a look at dinosaurs brought to life. Uh, with the help of 50 natural history museums, these dinosaurs walk around the museum with the most realistic anatomy that they could create. Now, I've given the app a shot via my iPhone and uh, Google Cardboard, and it's really, really awesome. You get to stand in the museum, watch these dinosaurs move around or swim around, and uh, they came right up to me, looked super realistic, uh, so definitely give it a shot. And uh, I'll leave a link in our show notes for more information. Oh, there it is. There it is. Let's open up the doors to the Visitor Center, where I speak with Jurassic World actor James Dumont.
Today, here in the Visitor Center, we welcome in actor James Dumont, who you may have seen in some amazing films such as The Butler, Trumbo, currently in theaters with Deepwater Horizon, and of course, as Hal Osterley in Jurassic World. Let's welcome in James here to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. Glad to be here. Awesome, awesome. Now, I uh, I want to hit you with some some big questions and everything. So oh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start it off with a real tough one right off the bat. Okay. <laughs> if you were trapped in a kitchen with a Velociraptor, right out of the first movie in Jurassic Park, what would you do, and would you make it out alive? Ooh, that's a good one. What, what would I do, <laughs> and would I make it out of alive? I'd try to find some some uh, something flammable. Okay. If, if it was, you know, we're in the kitchen, so, you know, there's a stove, there's something. I try to find some way, you know, pots and pans. The good news is I'm in a kitchen right now, so okay. I can let my imagination kind of go. <laughs> I'd, I'd have to figure out some diversion. You know, that's why I was thinking like fire or something, or yeah. I'd find I'd find some way to kind of like have some some item or some way to kind of divert his attention so I could get towards like the stove. Because I know they're not going to go towards fire. That's why I just I just know it. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that doesn't mean I need to put myself on fire, but I have to find, <laughs> way, I have to, find some way to get near the fire because they're not going to come near me if there's fire near me. You yeah. know, it's a big distraction. Uh, yeah, because you don't want to set yourself quick, on fire. <laughs> that's exactly right. Qu- quick distraction and find my way to get as close to fire as possible. Okay. How's All that? right. That's good. So you think you're going to get out of there alive? That's good. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a chunky guy, but I always surprise people that I can, you know, like I'm in, a, I'm in New York City right now, and it's a five floor walk up. So I, you know, I walk 30, 40 flights of stairs okay. a day. So that's <laughs> bad, you know. So I mean, for a, for a chunky dude, I can dance for hours. So I don't know, you know, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm fairly agile. Yeah. So I, I, I got a good shot. Yeah, there's a, but, definitely a good chance if those kids made it out. I think you could too. That's what I'm thinking. I got longer legs and, uh, you know, hopefully a bigger brain. Especially with that fire. That uh, That's actually, I ask this question a lot to people and, and nobody's ever come up with that before. So that's a good one. I like that. Well, I've always seen, we've seen in many other drafts, but like, you know, the flames and, you know, like that does keep them away. Yeah. You know, like it, it may be a temporary distraction, but they, they are not, they don't like fire. They no, get yeah. It. I think, uh, I so think. So I feel like that's my best shot. But really... <laughs> Pans aren't going to do it. I mean, they can crush through pan. I mean, there's just not much in a kitchen that's going to save me, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's I the think, best shot I got. I think that's a good call. Um, so let's get into it then. Uh, you know, well, as I look through your your IMDb page, you must be one of the busiest guys in the scene. And you really, you actually have me feeling pretty inadequate about all the things I do in, in a year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't feel inadequate. This is a 30-year thing. You know, I'm a 30-year overnight sensation. Yeah. Well, no, I, I got to give you a lot of credit. You, you're in so much stuff and uh, a lot of really great stuff. And uh, it's 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 really awesome. Uh, there's a few that you haven't seen then. OK, I appreciate <laughs> it. It's good. <laughs> there's, a few, there's a few on the list that when the people see me, they're like, oh, hey, man, I saw you. And I'm like, uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> Is it good? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. Good. That was good. Um, no, I, I appreciate that. I just you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm just a working guy. You know, I just uh I've, I've found that I, you know, I'm, I mean, I love doing what I do, you know, and, uh, and I want to do it all the time and I want to find ways in which to do it all the time. So, um, you know, I don't kind of, there's, um, 
I don't kind of really rest on any laurels. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I'm clearly people don't recognize me. So I have that kind of going for me, which at some points I'm like, well, can you recognize me a little bit? <laughs> but, but on the other, the other side to it is I realized that that's actually, that's probably the best thing that's happened for me is that I, is that I'm not, Oh, there's that guy that does that. Or there's this person or that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I've kind of been, uh, you know, um, you know, it was it was a little bit by design and it was a little bit by circumstances and then a, a lot of it by just kind of creating good fortune. You know, like I, I was with a producer up in Toronto when we did the premiere of Deepwater Horizon and and I said, look, you know, I, there's times where people send me some things and, you know, and I, I, I read them and I say no because I'm like, that doesn't really make sense or that, you know, it's misspelled a lot or I don't really understand what's going on or that character is not very interesting to me or I've done that before. So, you know, there's there's I'm not in any luxury where there's a stack of scripts coming my way. I can tell you that for sure. But, you know, I am kind of picky about like what I you know, what I want to do next, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so there's things that come across, you know, my agents and my manager's desk and they're like, well, read it first or tell me what you think. And I go, yeah, that doesn't really make sense. You know, I mean, that that's a step backwards or that character is not interesting to me. So. You know, um, but I mean, now looking at it, you know, and now with Deepwater Horizon, I really, if you haven't seen the film, it's it, it, it's extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, Tim Burton is having a big, you know, you know, took us over at the box office. But I I'm to I movie for movie. Uh, I put Deepwater Horizon against that movie any day of the week. And I've heard good things about it. But I just go what Peter Berg did. This is just so you know, Peter Berg's. You know, this is the second this is a second film he's worked with Mark Wahlberg on. And there's a third. So there's really a trilogy here that's happening with a filmmaker and an actor together. Mm-hmm. Whereas the next film is Patriot's Day about the Boston bombing. Oh, and okay. Peter Berg mm-hmm. has always said that this is that this is a trilogy of the kind of realistic, human, raw filmmaking stories that he wants to make. Mm-hmm. And um, that's that's. You know, so there's one more movie to this trilogy with Mark Wahlberg and Kurt Russell, and I'm with uh, Mark Wahlberg and Peter Berg. Yeah. And that one has Kevin Bacon and John Goodman and J.K. Simmons. I mean, we have an amazing cast in that, wow, and I'm yeah. in that movie as well. So, you know, I'm very fortunate that Peter, uh, it, you know, likes my work and you know wanted me to come on to the next project. And it looks to me, I'll probably be on some more with Peter. Um, and maybe even Mark as well. But wow, yeah. there's something about, you know, there's there's a great fortune in in kind of putting in years and years of work. And then when opportunities show themselves, you know, you just kind of want to rise to the occasion. Yeah, exactly. I think that's really good. And the, the first one of that trilogy, you say that was a uh, lone wolf, was it right? Lone, lone survivor. Oh, lone, the, lone survival. Yeah. yeah, the, lone uh, survivor. The, yeah. Survivor. Then Deepwater Horizon, the next one is Patriot's Day. And you'll see there's definitely a thread and an ongoing theme of, of you know, telling human stories um, based on true human stories and based mm-hmm. on human beings making decisions that uh, have, you know, impact on each other. And I think yeah. that's that's important filmmaking, even on a high level. It's almost like he's doing, you know, really solid, independent human um, human condition stories, but on much larger levels and budgets. But, yeah. uh, you know. I can't say enough that that, that, I mean, every single person that I've recommended to go see Deepwater Horizon, not just because I'm in it, people have come back and go, wow, I mean, that's just, that's a, that's a movie and moving and powerful and strong and Mm -hmm. it has action and, you know, it just fulfills a lot of the reasons why people would go to the theater or even go to the IMAX. Same thing with Jurassic, you know, the Jurassic Park, all the movies, Jurassic World, all of those. 
It's like, you know, movies were meant to take us on this journey and, and you know, and, and the IMAX and 3D. It's like, <laughs> it's not staying at home. And you know what I mean? It's not on yeah. your phone, not on a computer. It's like going to the movies as it was in the beginning of these movie making was an experience. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, you know, I'm, you know, not a big fan of the comic book movies, even though Marvel's called many times and I'm hoping at some point I'll do something with them. But oh, it's yeah. like, uh, you know, the good thing about Marvel is they tell good stories. You know, there's mm-hmm. the, it's, the stories have to be compelling. And I same thing with the, the, the kind of detail and the honor that the Jurassic uh, Park, you know, franchise does in terms of details. I mean, it's just that's the way it's done, too. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. You know, honoring honoring the fans, honoring the small things, honoring storyline. You know, keeping things going, keeping keep uh, you know, and the special effects, and you know what I mean, and <laughs> humor. You know, that's the other thing. There's these love, you know, and you got to the heart of Spielberg is throughout all of it too. You know, it's mm-hmm. like there. So there's 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 and and Colin is another you know just perfect person you know to be part of this franchise. So I'm excited to see or hear. But, you know, trying to get information about Jurassic World 2, it's it's like trying to get Donald Trump, Trump's taxes. It's, it's near <laughs> impossible. It's near impossible. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's it's all under lock and key. You know, it's it's impossible As to it get a be, scoop or anything. Yeah. I think it should be that. Why, exactly. Why somebody steal or rob any idea when – I I'm always I'm I'm just a film fan as much being in it as going to the movies. Many times my my favorite experiences is going to see a film and I know nothing. Mm-hmm. I've read no reviews, I've had no spoiler alerts. No, I just go and I go take me. You know, take me on a journey. Yes. And I you know that's getting lost a little bit in our our you know immediacy of being able to get information and things so quickly that um there's an impatience to it. So I think mm-hmm. for me, it's like, man, sitting in the theater and getting a popcorn and sitting by like, come on, man, I'm, <laughs> I'm open. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know? Well, the I'm spoiler really well able to go on where you want to take me. You know? Yeah. Spoilers are so tough nowadays. And you, like you said, you can just stumble across them so easily and, and you don't really want it to ruin that experience for you. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't really ruin it. But the, the point is I just, why? Is there really something to, I mean, is what does somebody really gain from it? It's almost mm-hmm. like, for me, I have the same thing about illegal downloads of movies. You know, what people don't understand is like, my children's insurance and dental plans are based on my earnings. Yeah. And so when you're illegally downloading a movie, yeah, it may not hurt the studio in any particular way, but it, it hurts their profit margin of which that they share with me because of my union. So it's almost like, you know, doing those things what is it? What it doesn't cause it actually causes more harm. So yeah, you can see the movie immediately. And you know, you know, it's like you against the big machine. You know, mm-hmm. but it's but um, it it hurts it hurts people. It hurts people like me. I can tell you that for sure. Yeah, I think they should they should revert to the movie theater being more of an experience, and it may it may cause like the prices to jack up a little bit. But it really needs to be that uh, that experience where you take your whole family and you get the the, the food and the popcorn and you see this amazing screen because it has to be. You can't just watch things on your phone, you know. It's yep. and I'm a big fan of DVD. When you leave the movie, have it ready. Take yeah. it home right there. You want to get rid of piracy? It's like. Go, Very good. Go yeah. And then how great and excited. You'll never be more enthused and excited about a movie than after you just came out of it. If it's mm-hmm. really good and you did your work, you'd buy that in a heartbeat. 
So why not have it available in the lobby? That, to me, I go, that doesn't make any sense. That, I mean, Soderberg is a, I've worked with Soderberg a few times and he's a big proponent of, of you know, make it available right away. Mm-hmm. You know, let it come out at the same time, you know, and let, let them have that, let them, you know, choices. I mean, the movie theater people hate it because they're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, it's like, but the point is, if you're making a movie that, that needs to be in a movie, Deepwater, Jurassic, you know, uh, uh, the Marvel movies, they need to be seen on the IMAX, big screen. No two ways about it. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit actually about Deepwater? Because you, you actually play a real life character or person, right? I do. I yeah. do. I, this guy named uh, Patrick O'Brien, who was the vice president of BP. Um, and here's the beautiful irony is he was actually going. He They flew there, mm-hmm. got on a helicopter, got on the Deepwater Horizon specifically to hand them the safety award for seven years of safety. Yeah. So on the morning of April 20th, 2010, Mm -hmm. you know, 420, (laughs) 42010, (laughs) they were there to hand them a safety award for seven straight years of no accidents, no problems. Wow. and And get the photo op with them in the safety award to show a great face of what BP was. And they did that, and then unbeknownst to all of us, and what the movie really brings out is how 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 many problems there were with the deep water with the wet, with the well itself. Mm-hmm. How many problems with Deepwater Horizon itself was a lot of mechanical electrical problems. Alarms weren't going off. Sound familiar? You know, and <laughs> there were cost-cutting measures that BP was doing because there was a greater prospect ahead. Cascada was the next prospect that they had that they were going to move on the deep water to and, and go on to the next thing and that was more valuable than bp alone and then the whole company so they were like look 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 this is a well from hell let's just cut some corners let's not do all these tests let's just move on to the next let's just move on to the next one you know just get let's get through this and that cost 11 men their lives and 126 men you know were fighting for their lives that evening and yeah so, you know, this is, this is, it's, it, it, you know, what's beautiful is there's a beautiful tie in between Jurassic World and, and Deep Water. You know, there's business <laughs> and there's people, there's yeah. human lives. And there are, you know, it, you know, greed is not good. I know that one might have been the motto of a certain particular decade, but mm-hmm. greed is not good. We're seeing the results of that. And so there's definitely a tie in between Jurassic World, like their need to try to, replicate and outdo and and better and bigger you know what i mean yeah and then there then there's the people that have to kind of deal with that kind of fallout and and, and there's the same tie-in with deep water here's you know i get on a plane and there's gas that, that that we need for that plane i get in a car and there's there's men that risk their lives 21 days a month to try to tap in a, a, a mile down into this planet of ours in order to extract oil and they risk their lives doing so so that we can kind of go on with our lives yeah. so there is definitely for me there's definitely if people are jurassic park fans i mean go go see Deepwater horizon because i just go there there's definitely a tie-in between business and people and greed and and doing you know get trying to get by and you know what i mean mm-hmm. trying to do, being slick and not being uh, honoring and even respecting, you know, the other thing is, you know, we're pulling things out of the earth, you know, the, it, replicating dinosaurs is, you know what I mean? We're, we're trying <laughs> yeah. to play God. So there's no, there's no, there's a lot of, there's a lot of tie in between these two movies um, in terms of storytelling, in terms of action. It's like fantastic. I mean, the, 
the, the CGI's of the same people who did Jurassic World. So I mean, it's it's industrial light magic. Like really, they created things that I just couldn't believe because I know we weren't really on a rig. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> You know, we were shooting in New Orleans, Louisiana, when there's a McDonald's across the street from where the rig was. You know what I mean? Like that's how close we were. So, yeah. so I think there's definitely there's definitely similarities between these two particular movies. And so when you uh, reached out, I was like, oh yeah, man, I you know let me really ponder that a little bit because uh, that there is something there, you know. Yeah, that's that's really interesting that the two kind of tie in like really well like that with the you know digging out the oil and everything and then it's, it's people's it's interest in corp- you know corporate interest and people's interest you know yeah. who who wins and then when one overshadows the other you know people get eaten yeah. <laughs> you know, people people die yeah yeah you know? it's, it's... And, and 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 so that's the thing we have to you know that the I think it's uh you know. These are cautionary tales, you know. When we're, I mean, when we're playing with God, I mean, when we're playing and re- replicating DNA, and you know what I mean, <laughs> like we're getting into interesting territories. Yeah. And we're, you know, how many more resources can we pull out of our planet, and then using those resources, what for entertainment purposes, or to, you know, you know, uh, as some of the storyline is in Jurassic World of like, you know, well, these can they they can be used as soldiers, you know, we can replace them with people, and so I'm like, oh, okay, you know, we're replacing people. Ah, yeah, interesting. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, any machines replace people. Okay. Exactly. All right. You know? Yeah. Any any critics of that capitalist, uh, you know, plotline in Jurassic World can just look straight at Deepwater Horizon and see it's Absolutely. it's real. It's a real, you know, scenario. Yeah. And, you know, real story, real people. And it happens. Look, even when I was doing Dallas Buyers Club, it was not lost on me that this was not. And some people were like, you know, well, this is a story about, you know, uh, do I want to go see a human a drama about AIDS, someone dying with AIDS? And they're like, well, wait a minute. Here's a man who has AIDS who's just trying to get the medicine he needs, and he's fighting big business. He's fighting corporate business just to get the drugs that he needs in order to live. Yeah. So it, it's still it, – the, all these are David, Goli- David versus Goliath stories mm-hmm. of which they're told in very interesting and provocative ways. Yeah. So, so how do you prepare differently? Like when you're playing a real life person versus a fictional character? Yeah, that's different. Because you know, like with with uh, Trumbo, Jay Parnell Thomas's past, uh, with the uh-huh. Butler, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, Sherman Adams's past. You know, so they they weren't around. Now, I didn't reach out to Patrick O'Brien. I I, I look a little bit like him, but it's not a total physical, you mm-hmm. know, uh, of him. Um, I did research on him. I knew he went to LSU. I knew he was in the oil industry. I know he was a VP. So I do a little research and try to find out a little bit, you know, because I live I live in New Orleans and, and New York, but I live in New Orleans primarily. And so there were people within my Facebook sphere of people who actually knew him, knew him you know, oh, really? so I, okay. let's wait till the movie comes out. And then, you know, do you want to meet him? And I was like, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. I mean, I'm sure he's like, oh, my God, I don't look anything like that. <laughs> you know, it's like. So, you know, there's that. There's those living things. Uh, same thing in, in Patriot's Day. The, the character that I play is based on a real person. And there was an opportunity for me to reach out to him um, mm-hmm. and meet him. But I ended up having to go back to New Orleans for another uh, project. So, you know, there is that preparation. Is just I still do the same kind of research as if they're dead or alive. Um, but you know, there is that fact that this this person, you know, their their family's here. There's a rat, you know, somewhere I'm going to end up coming across this person at some point. So I try to do as best I can in terms of uh, finding things. You know, research for me, I always try to find somebody's weakness. 
I find that, you know, uh, like, you know, Superman knows that kryptonite is the thing that, that does him in. Mm-hmm. I always try to find what 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 is somebody's Achilles heel. And I always think that's an interesting thing because I know that Sherman Adams and I know that that even uh, and, and, you know, and Jay Parnell Thomas, you know, their their um, their arrogance and their, you know, other people's malfeasance, they end up leading to their own demise. You know, like they they left their positions in shame and in, in Jay in uh, in Trumbo. There's this beautiful payoff if people haven't seen it mm-hmm. of my character. It's got this great kind of, you know, payoff in the end. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like karma's a bitch, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so there's something about, there's something about finding. And so within deep, for Deepwater Horizon in specifics, you know, there's two, there's two main characters that are, that, that were, that were indicted for manslaughter, uh, but were not prosecuted and didn't serve any time. Mm-hmm. And you see in the movie specifically decisions they made. And there was other decisions that people made is that, you know, that's what I kind of like about this story is that you don't have to be, you don't have to know anything about the industry, the oil thing or the rigs or, or even these, you know, these floating uh, devices. But it's really all about, you know, human beings making crucial decisions with very few seconds to to be had. Yeah. The reality is by the time, by the time that the Deepwater Horizon had caught on fire, and the time that it exploded, it was like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so the Coast Guard, there was no way the Coast Guard was even going to get there in time, yeah. do anything. And so you got to understand people are making dis- life decisions or decisions about other people's lives in a very short period of time. Yeah. So when when you know the outcome of a situation like that, like the BP oil spill, you know what happened. Do you let yep. that affect your your role in any way? Do you Do you see that as a problem or no? Well, you know, I, for me, it's like even when I was, you know, uh, when I did uh, Dallas Buyers Club, you know, it's it's a scene between a father, a strange father and son who basically abandoned his son the mm-hmm. minute he kind of came out or the minute he says he was transgender. Now, I don't I personally don't subscribe to that. I believe people are born who they are and everybody has a right to love and be with anybody that they want. Now, my character, on the other hand, does not mm-hmm. has fundamental religious beliefs, believes that it's a choice. It's a, it's a, uh, that he's made. So, you know, for me, it's like knowing the, knowing it, my job is to hold his tour as Shakespeare would say, a mirror to nature. My job is to kind of really look in, look in, into the, uh, minds and hearts and really get into the, you know, be in the skin of that particular person and how they would make certain decisions. Mm-hmm. So knowing what the outcomes are, I get even more fascinating. Well, how do we get to that point? Yeah. You know, how did so much time go by? Why didn't they? You know, the three there were three opportunities for them to detach from the well so that we wouldn't have, you know, 200 million gallons of oil (laughs) spill Mm -hmm. and destroy to this day, you know, wildlife, uh, you know, seafood, people's livelihoods. I mean, you know, 11 people's lives, you know, so the idea is if we know the outcome, then, you know, for me, it's always like when I'm looking at material, even if it's auditions, you know, I, I sometimes I I. I, what is the, you know, what's the beginning, middle and end? Mm-hmm. I know how it ends. So, okay, let me work my way backwards. You know, how did I get to this point? Yeah. How does it go? Like in my movie, I have this really nice kind of arc where I start out, you know, uh, you'll see, I start out fairly, you know, I'm a BP. I'm an entitled, arrogant person. <laughs> you know, I am a vice president of a multi-billion dollar corporation. Mm-hmm. So when some person asks me to do something very small and trivial, um, I don't take it very seriously. And who are you to ask this of me? Mm-hmm. And then in the end, it's, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, we know that we know that it explodes. I'm fighting for my life. 
-hmm. And all of a sudden I'm in the hands of the very people that try to tell me what to do. So all of a sudden my, you know, for all my power and all my experience and arrogance and all those things, I'm in a life death situation of which I'm in other people's, my life is in other people's hands. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for me, that's, you know, there's the story and then there's, you know, what's the, what's the character arc? Where do you start? Where does it turn and change? And then where do you end? And I, I do that when I, I even teach and coach people in New Orleans. And I say every story has got a three act structure, beginning, middle and end. So let's 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 explore all the things that are between each of those things. Yeah. Is it easy to leave that character in front of the camera when you when you step off? Yeah, I think the only time I had the for me, for me, it is. But I think sometimes, you know, like I with this one, you know, we had to we had to walk very tenderly and gingerly through this process because there are families who've lost loved ones. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that one of the days that I was working, I had my BP shirt on and they, it was the first tour that I was on set for where the families were coming to visit the set. And they asked me very nicely if I would stay in my trailer while the tour went on that, you know, even though they may know you as an actor, seeing BP or having you on set probably might, might or might not trigger something, but yeah. you know, can you just stay in your trailer just for a little while till the tour is over? And man, you know, that kind of attention to detail and uh, respectfulness. I mean, that's Peter Berg and Mark Wahlberg. They, they, they are exceptional human beings and great artists and filmmakers. And, you know, now, you know, we're taking on Patriot day. It's like Boston, Boston is, you know, Mark Wahlberg is not going to let Boston down on that movie. I can tell you that. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. so So there's things that you, you know, you're just, um, yeah, I I, I kind of got lost on that, your question, but but maybe it answers it. No, definitely. I think you have to be sensitive and and leave that. You know, you know, like you said, you got to kind of stay out of it sometimes when you think it might be overstepping and that's and right. uh, that the the new uh, film that you're in, Patriots Day, that's going to be a real tough one for you know families and people of the the time there. Yeah, I end up spending time with. Uh, some of the survivors from the Boston bombing, you know, uh, in Boston when we were shooting. And I think the thing that, you know, uh, I was really there to kind of say, look, I just finished coming off this amazing experience with Peter Berg. And the one thing I can tell you and the takeaway that I want to share with you is that um, he's going to do it right. Mm-hmm. He's going to be he's going to, you know, this is not going to be sensationalism or exploitation of this story. He's going to tell human story yeah and you know that's 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 not being done on a very large scale at studios and around so i i I have honor and respect for you know companies like lionsgate who make their hunger game movies and then they turn around and allow filmmakers to make bigger you know more powerful stories so lionsgate also produced you know patriots day along with cbs film so taking risks on telling human stories when you know, let's look at the world we need, you know, it's just us, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we, 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 you know, that same just tie back to Jurassic world, you know, it's us. This is what's left. They were, they were here before us and they may be here after us, mm-hmm. you know, human beings may not, may not be residing on this planet at some point, Yeah. you know, what's going to be here and, and how, and how do we deal with that? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it, Blockbusters are great, Jurassic World and sequels like that, but it's really great to have, you know, small, intimate, touching films like that. And and look, 
we need to be entertained. There's a lot of there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of suffering. You know, I'm in the entertainment business. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. But I but I find entertaining ways to tell human stories because I'm interested in telling the story of this person or that person. So you know, you know, we, we, as much as we're you know, uh, you know, we also need a we also need a little break from it all. You know, <laughs> you need to sit back with a popcorn and go take me. You know, so you know, uh, kudos for that. You know, the, yeah. the, at the end of the day, I'm, you know, we're still in being able to tell interesting stories, but you know, at the same time, we also want to, we want, we want to laugh and we want to entertain and we want to, you know, we want to be taken on, taken on a story, taken on a journey, you know? Yeah. So that's, I guess, where Jurassic World comes in when you really want to hype it up and go crazy. Um, you know, a majority of our audience obviously is wondering about your time in Jurassic World. Um, for those who don't know, you played Hal Osterley in that scene where we get our first glimpse at, at Claire Deering and the name dropping of the Indominus Rex. Uh, now, again, your your character was the vice president of Verizon, so yes. it's paralleling Verizon still. Is <laughs> I so called the Verizonosaurus for, for the record. <laughs> so you know, but friend, so Verizon, you can call at any point in time. Yeah, go ahead. Up. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> You know, that that scene definitely introduced the entire capitalism plot line. Um, And, you know, like we're talking about with Deepwater Horizon, uh, I think you dropped into a really great scene here with a ton of setup for this film. Uh, So I guess what can you tell us about, you know, that role and what it what uh, kind of work went into it? Well, I, you know, the wonderful thing is that, you know, I I, I audition for, you know, sometimes as much as 200 times in a year. So just think of it. Just think of 200 job interviews that, that a human being has to put themselves through. <laughs> that, that is that is my job. I'm yeah, a of course. I'm auditioner until I work. Um, so I made between voiceovers and commercials. Some years I may even do 300 in a good year. Oof. You know, five jobs, 10 mm-hmm. jobs. So it's not it's not for everyone. But then every once in a while, a project kind of comes along and they it's very secretive and they're like they had a different name for it when it yep. was saying so. So they, what they do is they put these kind of general scenes. They, we call them dummy scenes. They're scenes that are not specifically – like same thing with Walking Dead. It's like you'll get a dummy scene for that. Or even when I was on Mad Men, it was a dummy scene. And so the idea is that you know these are scenes that have the essence of what the relationship between the people are and the characters. But they're not anywhere near – and they're not in the real storyline of the movie. And that was the case with, the, with Jurassic World is it was actually a scene about a, a bunch of corporate folks – at a like some sort of convention and they're at a bar and they're talking about it's a little power structure and they're and there's so these these three corporate people and they're talking to, and I'm trying to hit on this one uh you know executive that knows <laughs> more so I'm a little lascivious and I'm a little uh and I'm a little pompous you know like I think I have something to offer cuz here we are we're in a hotel right mm-hmm. we're at a convention there's, you got a room upstairs. I got a room upstairs. What do you say? You know, so there's a little bit of this, um, you know, I want to be, you know, you know, you, you, you know, we need to do that. So it's very funny how kind of like that was the dummy scene. It was like it was in a hotel bar and it was like me trying to pick up Claire, you know. Okay. And so, you know, it, and even like even when Colin, when we got on set and Colin was extremely nice. He was lucky for me. He was a big fan of Jurassic a big part, big fan of, um, of Dallas Buyers Club. And he said mm-hmm. that scene between you and Jared, is just, it's heartbreaking. And it's, and he goes, you know, the minute I saw your audition, I was like, Oh, that's the father from, from <laughs> Dallas Club. he's like, Oh no, no, I want him. He's fantastic. Yeah. Like that. Like, yeah. So, you know, I, I had that going for me. Um, but the other thing is that, you know, so everybody gets the same kind of scene. So it really comes down to the kind of choices that you make. So I put that on tape and, um, 
they responded to it. They were, you know, like fairly quickly, they were like, well, what's your availability from this time to this time? And I'm like, um, yeah, I'm available. Um, of course I, I had heard that, that the code was, this was Jurassic world. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hoping that it was <laughs> uh, another couple projects around that same time. There was another, like, you know, I don't know what it was. I think it was, I think Terminator had like a fake name around because we shot on the same time when we got on set as the same time as Terminator Genesis. Okay. So there were like three or four kind of like bigger secretive projects going on. I think another Marvel project was happening. So, I mean, like you weren't sure which one it was. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was hoping it would be Jurassic World um, and turned out to be. So, yeah, so I did the audition and it worked out great. And then I got on set uh, in New Orleans and we shot out at – Stennis, which is like kind of an Air Force base um, in New Orleans, um, and they had built this whole lab, and the, the attention to detail was just as as always. I'm a big fan of Jurassic Park, so it's like, you know, they 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 never they never skimp on the details. You know, the the computers and the DNA. So I kind of walked in there, and I was like, wow, this is just incredible. So, and then I got to meet, you know, um, you know, I got to meet Colin. I never had met him before. So that was, a, that was a first. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so then, you know, uh, we just kind of like, we, you know, and, and I didn't meet the other actors that I work with. They were all part of the scene. And so, you know, the essence is that, you know, I want to be impressed. You know yes. what I mean? Like yeah. we spend money and, you know, for our money, we're expecting something. I want you to, you know, like, that's all you got. You got to have something bigger. <laughs> I want something bigger, stronger, meaner. You know, I want some blood. You know, yeah. If it doesn't bleed, it doesn't leave. You know, I'm like, <laughs> like so there is, and there is that. So that so what's interesting is the dummy scene was not really even close to kind of what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, it it turned out to be fairly close if you think about it. You know, it informed uh, your character then. Yeah, for my character, it was just, you know, someone who's, you know, arrogant and wants to be, you know, impress me, you know, yeah. impress me, you know. So that didn't really kind of change in any way. Um, I think, you know, the cool thing is, is, is Bryce, uh, Bryce had seen, I had also was in James Brown movie Get On Up. Mm-hmm. And when I came up to her, she's like, I know you. And I was <laughs> like, oh, yeah, hi. And I'm like going, I don't know how. And she's like, I just saw you in a movie. I just saw you in a movie. And I was like, I, I mean, what? And I'm going this and that. And they're like, no, I, no, we have, we we have kids, so we haven't seen Dallas Buyers Club, you know. And she's going, <laughs> and then she was like, get on up. She's like, oh yeah, yeah, because her dad was the producer of Get On Up. Oh, and okay. She had seen like a separate screening of it before it come out. So she had literally like seen me and Get On Up like the week before. She's like, you were hilarious. That's such a funny scene with you and James Bond. Like, yeah, yeah. So then I was like, okay, we're good. And she goes, but I promise, I'm gonna see Dallas. I'm gonna see Dallas Buyers Club after we're done. And I was like, oh, you know, it's just with the kids. And I was like, no, I get it. You of course, know, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it was really kind of a welcoming. B.D. Wong and I had worked together um, in uh, theater in Los Angeles, actually, and mm-hmm. a little bit in New York. Um, uh, David Henry Wang, who put him on the map with uh, M. Butterfly. And I are old friends, and so I read some plays and stuff together with him. So we had we had we had you know met that before. Um, that's about. And you know when they, when you got on there, it's just like everything's kind of secretive, and you can't take pictures, and you know it's mm, yeah everybody's phones were confiscated. <laughs> so you know, but I was like you know I knew I knew I was you know like this is the this is the Jurassic Park franchise, man. I mean this is 
You know, uh, ironically, is uh, after I shot, I was doing a movie in, in New Orleans, but I was going back and forth to L.A., and I ran into um, uh, Laura Dern. Oh, and wow. I'd worked on a movie with Laura Dern. Um, I worked on a movie with Laura Dern, and I also worked with her husband, Bruce, on a movie as well. Mm-hmm. But so we got to be close in the movie I worked on because we talked about her dad and this, that, and the other. And and so I ran into her on a plane. I said, well, I said, uh, you're about the only person I'm going to say this to because I think you'll appreciate it. I said, I'm in Jurassic World. <laughs> and she goes, she goes, fantastic. And she goes, you know, Jurassic, the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, I'm I, sure. I hope you're right. And she goes, no, <laughs> I know I'm right. I hope the same thing comes for you. Because, you know, they re-released it. Of and course. Like, you, know, like, you know, like, you know, did that one uh, did well for her, you of know? Of course, yeah. Yeah, she's got a lot of experience when it comes to that, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah, so you had mentioned that immersion, like when you were on set there in that lab. was It, it wasn't like when you turned around and you see McDonald's behind you, right? It was like fully no, immersed. No, yeah, yeah. No, you were, we were in a... Um, you know, a, a lab, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the, the glass and the, the marble floor. I mean, this was, they, you know, that's the other thing I think that, you know, uh, I'm happy the movie did so well. And, and I, I'm so humble and appreciative to the fans because the reality is when people are trying to create this kind of vision, it's costly, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not cheap. And I think when, when there's a fan base there and when there's consistent people coming back to see these movies, when they're respectful, that's the bigger thing, when they're respectful of the franchise and the stories yes. and the characters. And they're not just trying to slap it together and get it up there. You know, they really, you know, Frank Marshall, I mean, you know, Kath Kennedy, they, I mean, they, Spielberg, they take the time, you know, and I think it's that attention to detail and time. And then when you get in there, it's like, you are in it. You're in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you you are in a lab. These are working. These computers are working. Some of these things are directly from DNA labs. These, you know, like not they're not, you know, DNA from dinosaurs. But the reality is, yeah. these are state of the art, up to dated things. They're they're they and they're not cheap to rent or use. And the minute they say, yeah, we're doing Jurassic World, they're like, oh yeah, that'll be twenty thousand a day. You know, <laughs> so. So I'm I'm thankful and appreciative to the fans and 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 those who are you know keeping in the franchise alive because you know the no no expense was spared yeah. and and it and to put it on the screen and not no no slight to anybody's salaries but you know sometimes they're just you know too much for a movie and there's so much money spent on the people in it that they didn't spend the time to develop the story and, and all the sets and the, the props and the costumes and the, you know, the lighting and the, you know, the style of the camera work, you know, it's like you skimp on those things. And I just never felt that it, with this, you know, it's like they did it right all the way through. And Colin is, mm-hmm. was the perfect person to kind of, you know, re-enliven that franchise and get back to, get, get back to what this story is about. Yeah. You now, know, even, even despite all the, the, sorry, yeah. Despite all the amazing people involved in it, did you actually expect it to do that well? I didn't expect it to do that well. Although yeah. I must tell you, I, I am been waiting by with bated breath by my, you know, because as residuals, that's how I that's how I live. You know, so I don't so I don't do another job because I can, you know, <laughs> parenting and teaching. I like to just be an actor. So the residuals are like what I live on. Mm-hmm. And so. You know, I haven't. I'll be honest. I haven't quite seen the, the trickle down uh, economics of the 1.8 billion yet. Okay. Uh, 
as I have with other movies where, you know, I see my salary, you know, two and three times, but then it gets less and less over time. I, I haven't seen the, the big, the big whale check yet. <laughs> I haven't seen the Tyrannosaurus Rex of residuals. Uh. I, I'm hoping that I will at some point. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, just because it's, it's what keeps me afloat, you know, it affords me the ability to kind of keep doing what I'm doing. Cause you know, as I said, I may do 200 of these auditions a year and that I still spend time and tape them or I fly somewhere or, you know, like I'm in New York now. So, you know, so those things help to kind of subsidize my pursuit of, of doing what I want to do and love to do. And, uh, so I'm, I'm waiting, I'm, I'm, hoping that the next few checks something will something will get my attention. <laughs> yeah, well I you know I think you uh, you hit it on the head with Laura Dern. You know, they're going to be releasing this thing forever. Oh, yeah. You know, they're going to be yeah. re-releasing DVDs which we're actually seeing one coming up in uh, in a few weeks here and um you know, it's going to be hitting the theaters again and again every time a new sequel's released. So it's going to do crazy numbers from here on yeah, out. And, you know, like, and I'm not a greedy person in any particular way, and I don't I hope it doesn't come off that way. It's just, it's, it's, no, no. You know, I'm, I, you know, as again, I'm like, you know, it's only a certain amount of people are in this movie, and they split it amongst all those folks. And I, my hope is that that uh, that there's that the accounting continues in a in a in a prosperous way down yeah, the favorable. line. <laughs> but you yeah. know, these movies. You know, you spend a hundred million, then you maybe send another hundred million just trying to promote the movie. So you know, mm-hmm. there's, you know, it takes a while to kind of recoup those things. So when you have something like a Jurassic that comes up, you know, you're like, wow, you know, it's a rare thing. You know, like even with us for for Deepwater Horizon, you know, this is a hundred million dollar budget, and that's mostly because of the of you know Industrial Light and Magic. Of course, yeah, it's, it's those technical things. But then you got to get people in the seats. And so even us, you know, struggling to make, you know, 30 million at the first weekend. So when you get something like Jurassic World, where it's like, you know, the greatest, the biggest opening until the next biggest opening happens. But to be in the top, you know, one of the top 10 movies of all time, box office wise, that's that's big, you Mm -hmm. know. That's to be a good feeling. Being, being, you know, eight of the top 10 is even bigger, (laughs) (laughs) you know, Um, and Again, you know, I'm still about the work. You know, the, those are these are things that are like kind of out of my hands and out of my control. Mm-hmm. You know, but 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 I'm I'm very appreciative and honored to be part of a franchise like Jurassic World. And I, you know, I've I've been trying as best I can to kind of lean on a few people I know that will be involved in Jurassic Park two to go. You know, I didn't get killed in the first one. <laughs> Even though everybody at my kid's school thinks I'm the fat guy with the sandwich. No, that's not me. I did not get eaten. And that's great. And that's But that's a funny part because I'm like, the minute you saw that guy, the fat guy eating the sandwich, you know, oh, you're like, oh, he's going down. Yeah, it was bad news from yeah. the start. Yeah, that big bite that he's taken, he will be bitten Even that bigger. same way in a matter of minutes. So, yeah. Um but yeah, no, I'm the corporate guy. I mean, come on, you know, you can bring me back. It's all right. I still have my corporate interest at heart. I still want it bigger, better. Yeah. Uh, even though the dinosaurs have obviously taken over the thing. There was talk a little bit. What kind of rumors have you heard about what the next story or, or inclination is? 
Well, it seems like it might be a more scary, more grounded even, and uh, darker even. So who knows? Maybe I could foresee the, uh, the the vice president of Verizon, you know, like trying to dig in, trying to get more, being even more get greedy. Who knows? Yeah, it could happen. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, I put this money in. I'm expecting something back. Yeah. Or, you know, let's, you know. But, you know, story-wise, I'm thinking I'm – something's telling me that we're getting back to closer to like Jaws. Mm-hmm. That we're going to be exploring the more of the fish-eating uh, uh, dinosaurs in this next one, I think. Yeah, that know. would be that would be really great. I mean, the the Mosasaurus in, in Jurassic World was a was a you know a major set piece. It was amazing. It pretty highlighted. It's a pretty powerful <laughs> thing eating other dinosaurs. Yeah, you know, so took down your people. investment. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, so yeah, maybe we just flood the whole thing. We just turn it into you know water, a water park. You know. Yeah, I could see that. I could see it happening. You know, maybe there was an offshoot. Maybe there was a water park somewhere else. Who knows? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> so, what was your favorite part of that film? Uh, you know, just uh, on screen. I think uh, my part, my favorite part in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite part in the whole movie. I mean, you can say your scene. That's that's fine. No, no, no. <laughs> And I and I didn't that never even came to mind. Um, you know, to me, I mean, Chris Pratt was just so damn good. <laughs> he was so good, and I liked all. I liked the, the you know as corny as some of the people were kind of. I liked the relationship between the two of them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, I thought D'Onofrio. I'm a huge Vincent D'Onofrio fan. You know, if yeah. you haven't seen Max Seven, go see it. I mean, his character work is amazing. Um, I I you know. I liked a lot of those kind of story of like, you know, him infiltrating and kind of coming in and him and him and Pratt going at it. I just mm-hmm. I just loved it. And yeah. for me, it's like that's because that's what it is. It's like I'm the guy on the ground and you're corporate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Who's in charge? Who's 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 you know, who's the tougher dude? And yeah. um, so I liked I liked a lot. of I liked all the chase stuff. I liked the whole concept of the idea of the of the, you know, these trained raptors that go out on me i love that thing with you know following and then they turn on them i mean i just i just you know that it it, to me it got back to like what i loved about jurassic park you know what i mean it got back to the original story and um so i mean there's you know to pinpoint one particular scene i can't you know it's tough because there's like a dozen i liked Mm -hmm. um and I like the, you know, like Ty Simpkins, it, you know, the cool thing about Ty is that I was his baseball coach in LA and he and my son were on the same baseball team together. <laughs> wow. And I love, I love that kid. Mm-hmm. I love it. He's a perfect, he's wonderful. His mom is lovely. And, uh, he was on, he and my son became really close. In fact, I couldn't go to the premiere cause I was doing deep water. So my son went and he and Ty were hanging out together. Oh, that's fantastic. nice. That's so, awesome. You know what I mean? So it's, you know, full circle that, you know, you're the. You're the baseball coach of the kid from Jurassic Park and the kid from Iron. So, <laughs> oh, true, um, yeah. <laughs> I like I like all his brother. I like I liked a lot of his scenes. Yeah, liked a lot of his stuff between uh, you know, he and his brother just trying to you know navigate through this whole thing. Um, you know, because he's the younger kind of like the heart of the two. You know what I mean? Like there's the older brother trying to be tough, mm-hmm. and he's just the kind of like you know he's like us. He's like the kid who watched Jurassic Park. You know, exactly. Yeah. And, and and we see it through his innocence and his eyes. And when things turn, you know, and it's cracked and they're, you know, I mean, they're fighting for <laughs> like, those are great scenes, man. Yeah. You know, what I mean? 
it's as, like your your dream and 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 you know my son is just you know is fanatical about everything he touches it's like he's in pokemon go right now he's like he's we're doing it all the time he's into baseball it's like we we play every day you know so it's like so when you're when you love jurassic park like the, you know like ty's character does and then all these things happen oh my god it's a crushing of a dream you know <laughs> that's but that's us you know what i yeah. mean mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of scenes that he did that I really like because that's 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 what I think it's always from the you know I think that I think the the way this franchise has worked is never forgetting you know who, people seeing Jurassic Park welcome to you know like that of course that, that, that awe magic. yeah it's the awe and the magic and mm-hmm. and uh, you know those scenes to me are the ones that kind of stand out and then there you know then there's the fights you know then there's the power struggles mm-hmm. you know you know good and evil and you know what's best for this is not best for everybody you know yeah as um, much as these are dinosaur stories and everything they're 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 at their best when it's character based and these smaller absolutely. stories yeah yeah absolutely i mean chris pat had to be the cocky guy of course anofrio had to be you know what i mean yeah it's like you know they 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 had to you know and he's he has to have love for the animals, and the other guy has love for money. Well, that's what it is. That's mm-hmm. what it comes down to. The entire thing. It's all your fault. <laughs> well, that's and I'll, and I'll swing back again with the with with Deepwater Horizon. Kurt Russell's character is concerned only about the lives of the men who are on this rig, mm-hmm. and and he doesn't give a <laughs> about. Sorry, he doesn't give <laughs> crap about corporate America. And their interests. And he's not going to compromise their interests. Like, you know, Chris Pratt's not going to compromise the interests of what's best for the dinosaurs for profit. Exactly. Yeah. It's not going to happen. So these are the same themes. And they, you know, in Deepwater, it's, it's, it's Kurt Russell going toe to toe with John Malkovich, who is a corporate executive who's cutting corners and cutting costs because they're already 50 million over budget. And they want to move on. They want to mm-hmm. make money and stop, you know, you know, who cares about the lives of the people that are there? D'Onofrio is the same way against Chris <laughs> Pratt. Like these are animals. They're just animals. Yeah. You know, these guys are workers, you know, it's, it's the same. So there, there's a, there's a, uh, I, I didn't realize until I started to kind of ponder it more how many tie-ins there are, but I think they're, they're valid. Yeah. I, I think you're, you're absolutely right there, but um, you know, I don't want to take up too much of your time. So, so what else do you no, have no, coming yeah. up, uh, you know, on your slate here? Well, I got Patriot Days coming out. The originally, I think we were going to try to release in December, but I think they're talking about not wanting to, you know, get lost in the in the Academy, you know, flood of things because okay. it's you know the, the Academy is, uh, you know, they when you're going after Academy movies, it's like even if you have something great in there, it just kind of gets lost unless yeah. they decide to. So I think that's going to come out. They said somewhere on January 16th. There may be a, a sm- slight release in December, in order to kind of get some buzz going. Um, that's the next thing I got going. Everything else is kind of out. And, uh, I did a TV show called Quarry that's on, uh, Cinemax and, uh, I'm up for some, you know, some really good films and some TV shows that are coming up. But, uh, those are the things that I have kind of happening right now. Awesome. You know, I, uh, I've heard really great things about Deepwater Horizon and, uh, that's one I, I haven't gotten to see it yet, but I, uh, I absolutely have to get out there and I, I'm trying to persuade. See you see IMAX? All right. Oh my God. Bigger screen, bigger everything, and bigger, you know, just bigger heart. Yeah. Well, if it's anything like uh, Peter Berg's last films, you know, there's so much heart and drama there. I can, I can totally imagine it. Yeah, Yeah, this guy knows. I mean, he's, he's got it. He knows what he's doing. 
Yeah, well, I got to persuade all our listeners to go check it out. Um, I want to. I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to stop by here for a few. Um, everybody, yeah, go see the go see your film there, and uh, it's in theaters right now, right? It is. It's in theaters across the country. Uh, this is just our. Uh, we go. We opened last weekend. So Deepwater Horizon is playing across the country everywhere. So, uh, mm-hmm. but definitely, if you're a Jurassic Park fan, go have the IMAX experience. Go get <laughs> that. Go get that Dolby sound in there. Let uh, Industrial Light and Magic take take you away again. Awesome. Well, where's uh, where's the best pe- uh, place people can find you online? Well, I, I actually just started to, to build it out a little bit. Um, JamesDumont.com is updated. Uh, I'm on Twitter, James K Dumont. And uh, and I have a public uh, Facebook page, a fan page that uh, has actually some pictures from Jurassic Park and the premiere and all that other stuff. So um, that's the best way to kind of reach me. Awesome. Well, thanks again. Uh, Good luck with your film and uh, all your upcoming slate there. Appreciate it. Thank you. In the audio segment this week, we're bringing you some great audio from the Graham Norton Show in the UK, where Sam Neill, Miranda Hart, and Ewan McGregor reenact one of the most iconic scenes from Jurassic Park. You'll also hear Sam talk about working with imaginary dinosaurs. Take a listen. Now, when actors do films like that, you know, you guys, you know what you're looking at because you've seen films like that. Because you've got to think, oh, okay, it's going to be amazing. But what did you think you were looking at? Did you think it was going to be that oh, good? Oh, I can tell you what I was looking at. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, it looks, pretty, it looks simple enough. But actually, what I'm looking at is Steven Spielberg with a big long stick with a tennis ball at the end. <laughs> Just waving it like this. And, and, you know, you have to look as stunned as you <laughs> It's not easy, this stuff, no, is it? No. Well, no, it's like, but that's like a masterclass in amazement. Now, I'm going to ask Miranda uh, a question, and I think I know the answer. Would you like to do a bit of acting with Sam Neill? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, what do you mean? Yeah. OK, so could you recreate the look of amazement? <laughs> so, so basically, you look over, the two of you look over. I've got props, ladies and gentlemen, I've got props. Oh, I've got, God. I've got, um, look, Good I've got, Lord. I've got oh, the look. Laura Dern leaf. Oh, I'm getting uh, Yes. You've got as much or as little there as you want to put on. Uh, yes. There you go. Okay. So they're preparing. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. And uh, by the way, at the Wait. end, when they when they're looking suitably annoyed, uh, amazed, annoyed, 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 annoyed by the dinosaur, it's slowing dinosaur. traffic down. <laughs> Stupid things. <laughs> Who brought them back? Uh, if you, using your vocal training, do a little bit of dinosaur, bit a bit noise. of dinosaur noise. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Measurably, actually. Yeah, okay. I'll do it. Can you indirect this, please? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Let's have a little chat. Right. Okay, so we start the music. We start the music. Where are the dinosaurs going? Right behind, yeah. no, behind, no, behind be? you. Behind you. See, you're looking behind. Where's the, oh, tennis there's the camera? Ball. Yeah, there's the camera. Right. I'm going to get out of the way because I'm only doing. Okay. It's noise. a very small dinosaur, is it? No, no, it'll, 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 it'll it's lift. That's the camera. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Okay. What? That, okay. Can I just it's say? It's not a chicken one. Dinosaur. Dinosaur. Just be amazed. Oh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>
That's very good. Yeah. That's very helpful. I'm starting the music. I'm not being rude, but I prefer tennis ball. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I've got, I've got you and Q for sound. Okay, let me say action. This one is an absolutely brilliant video, and uh, you really actually need to take a look at it because when Sam Neill dons a fedora and sunglasses, he looks just as good as he did over 23 years ago doing it in the film. I think this just confirms the fact that we really need to see Grant once again on screen. I'll include a link to the video in our show notes, so don't miss it. Make sure to visit JurassicParkPodcast.com to find all our past episodes, brand new news articles, information on how to contact us, and much more. It's a great source for everything related to the podcast, and of course, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Head to JurassicParkPodcast.com and help us build a great community. Anybody hear that? Thanks for listening to the 70th episode of the Jurassic Park podcast. Of course, I need to thank James Dumont for coming on the podcast. I had an absolutely brilliant time talking with him and learning about his craft. So please, please, please go check out his new film, Deepwater Horizon. It's certainly deserving of a huge audience. You know, that big screen and the powerful sound. So make sure to see it in the biggest theater possible. Don't forget to find all of the links to James' work in our show notes. Thanks again, James. Next week, we're going to have a great poll segment to collect all your thoughts and ideas. But for now, I'm throwing the topic out early just to get you to start thinking about it. We want to hear all about your favorite scene from the new Lego Jurassic World, The Indominus Escape. All you got to do is pick one scene and share it via any of our social medias or email or our website, and we'll read your answers in the next episode. I can't wait to hear them. If you want to interact with us, we do most of our work over on Twitter, at Jurassic Park Pod. We're also on Facebook at Facebook.com com slash Jurassic Park podcast and our Instagram handle is at Jurassic Park podcast. You can listen to us via iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Podomatic, YouTube, our website or wherever else podcasts are found. So make sure to subscribe to automatically get new episodes every week. If you haven't already, please give us a five star review in iTunes or a great review wherever you listen to the podcast. It will seriously help our rankings and make it easier for fans like you to find us. Don't forget to check out JurassicParkPodcast.com for all the links you heard here today. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us with any news stories, top fives, or comments to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. If you'd like to record something for the show, send it in to us and we'll feature it in an upcoming episode. If you don't have any way to record, you can give our voicemail line a call and leave us a message. That number is 732 825 7763. Thanks for listening and enjoy. 
seconds. Drop what you're doing and leave now. <laughs> 